Welcome back to Unfiltered. I'm laughing because this is the 15th time I've attempted to do this introduction. I just can't seem to get it right. It's too damn early in the morning. Uh, I'm your co-host, Dr. Samuel J. Jay Schrader, my co-host, my partner in crime, could not make today's episode. He was doing very important banker stuff. Uh, my job is obviously not that important, educating the next generation of American leadership. But anyhow, I'll stop talking and get this interview started. I went over to Dead Hippie Brewing Company and met with Ty Nash. Ty is their head brewer. He got started right before COVID-19 descended upon the world and shut everything down. Really, really interesting conversation. Great guy. He was a uh, He's also a GABF award winner, and I think I forgot to bring that up, but alas. Towards the end of the interview, we were joined by Cassidy Campton. Cassidy heads up the marketing communication for Dead Hippie. Unfortunately, uh, owner Dean Edmondson could not make it, but those two were able to put together a, a really good background about the brewery and how it got started. For those of you who haven't been there, it is a deadhead brewery. It is uh, committed to, to the art and to the craft of Jerry Garcia and Bob Weir and the rest of those wonderful musicians. There were also several nice homages. Um, I wouldn't quite call them shrines, but references to uh, Jeffrey Lebowski, the dude, not the millionaire. So I was at home in this place. But hope you enjoy. Hope you have a fantastic day. And thanks for your support. This episode is brought to you by Elon Naturals. Handcrafted in Boulder, Colorado, Elon's all-natural products are made with CBD extracted from Colorado-certified hemp. Ryan and Alec Nyberg, good friends of ours, founders and co-owners of Elon, as well as big supporters of craft beer, including being supporters at the Sip Beer Fest we did earlier this year, use no toxins, no chemicals, and only certified organic ingredients in everything that they make. Whether you're looking for bath bombs, foot soaks, lip balms, paint sticks, or tinctures, Elon has you covered. And they make pet products, too. Find Elon Naturals on Instagram and Facebook and place your order now at elonnaturals.com. When you do, plug in the promo code UNFILTERED20 at checkout for 20% off your order. Again, that's UNFILTERED20. Plug it in at checkout at elonnaturals.com for 20% off your order. This episode is also brought to you by Rooftech Precision Exteriors. Founded by a fourth-generation roofing expert and two veteran general contractors, Rooftech combines unmatched residential and commercial roofing knowledge with project management excellence, which means your next roofing project will not only be handled by those that know what they're doing, but know how to complete your project without wasting your time. Find Rooftech on Instagram and Facebook and learn more at rooftechco.com. That's R-O-O-F-T-E-C-C-O.com. And when you schedule your roof replacement project, mention Unfiltered and receive a free upgrade to impact-resistant Class 4 shingles. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds like it's a hell of a deal. Again, that's RoofTechCo.com. And I guess it's time you go. I know, I know, but uh, you know, I've got buddies who who don't appreciate it too much. So uh, we are we are here at Dead Hippie. Uh, we're gonna do an air cheers with Ty. Okay, uh, you can jump in. We we kind of cold cold open this thing, and this is how we how we do it. Um, do I need to be closer? Uh, right there. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I, I disinfect these, so you're good. Oh, I, I just don't. No, no, you, no, no, no. That was not my point. I am just as I am just as careful as everybody else. My wife is a cancer researcher, so. Uh, oh, Mm-hmm. We're very, very, very careful. My God, we wear masks everywhere. So um, awesome. I appreciate the, uh, the 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 carefulness that you all apply here at Dead Hippie. Ty, what is your last name? 
Nash. Ty Nash, okay. Not to be confused with Kevin Nash, the all-star wrestler, correct? No, or Steve Nash, the all-star uh, basketball player. <laughs> you're right. Or the for that. You're, you're built more like Steve <laughs> Nash than Kevin Nash. But alas, uh, do you know the address here? Because usually that's my, my our intro. What is the, Cassidy, what's the address to Dead Hippie? 3701 South Santa Fe Drive. We're basically south of uh, Hamden and Santa Fe, right? Kind of right by Costco and, and, and all those places yep. right over here. So uh, first time being here, uh, unfortunately, Jay Schrader could not be here this week. Jay's been here several times. He lives just down the street, but uh, I'm honored to be here. So so thank you for having me. I know that Dean maybe will show up uh, one of these at one of these moments, but uh, uh, Ty, I'm going to throw it over to you. Will you introduce yourself, please? Well, uh, my name is Ty Nash. I am the head brewer here at Dead Hippie, um, and I have been here since two weeks before the shutdown. Okay, so that I'm going to jump right <laughs> right into that. You literally started right before. Right. How in the okay? So, so can you just walk us through week by week what happened? <laughs> like after you started, holy shit! You left from where, and now you're here. Yeah. So I was. Uh, I, I started out at. Um, I was at CBM Pots off of Broadway and C470. Okay. They, they closed back in um, back <laughs> the day after Christmas, so okay. that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. So I, I worked with them for a little bit. I was basically the the regional brewer for the rest of the CBM Pots, and Dean had called me, asked me to interview with them sometime in late January. So I met with them a couple times and uh, offered me a job. I took all of February off to kind of recenter myself, okay. reconnect with my boys, just enjoy the time that I hadn't had mm-hmm. for the last probably four or five years. Yes. And um, started here right when everything was starting to get crazy with COVID and shut everything down. And I'm so thankful to Dean that he kept us all on Yeah. and, and allowed us to keep doing this, uh, which actually benefited, I think, the beer side uh, as well, besides just the employee side, because this allowed us to experiment a little bit more mm-hmm. and get into different kind of brews that, that we necessarily didn't have time for, or we always wanted to try it, but we had to get this one in. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So this allowed us to really fill up our fermenters and have some more fun with it. So I guess what you're saying is, you know, during that kind of shutdown, obviously, there's not a lot of beer coming over the bar. There's right. not too much. So you can, you know, as opposed to uh, to having to make that IPA that's going to sell X amount of, of, of pints, you can have a little bit of fun. Is that what I'm reading? Exactly. You know, okay. we, we were to, um, I'm a big lager guy. Okay. I love my lagers. I love brewing them. Mm-hmm. I love um, drinking them. And that really allowed us to put lagers you know, a couple lagers in. You know, mm-hmm. We did a, a Hellas and a, um, a Vienna lager both. Okay. And they were pretty solid. I, you know, for never brewing on a three-barrel system before. Okay. So I guess as we kind of walk this back a little Sorry, bit. Sorry, yeah. I'm, no, you're, dude, it's, you're absolutely fine. My God. I mean, I'm sure that our, our my, uh, my camera will probably shut off at some point anyway. So we're totally fine. This yeah. is unfiltered for a reason. All right, so so you're working at CBM Pots. Yep. You get that one month off. Let's walk back even further, okay? okay. How did you get into craft beer? By chance, honestly. Okay. Um, I worked. I I was working at a little Mexican Italian restaurant called Piccolo's. I'm okay. sure you're familiar. Yep. Yep. People around here are, and 
it was just a toxic environment, so I just quit. I, I literally walked out. What year was this? Uh, 2003. Okay. Um, and I have a friend who introduced me to uh, the rock yard up in Castle Rock. Okay. And I just started there as a server. Worked right. my way up. I started to uh, befriend the head brewer at the time, Jim Stinson. And that's, he took me under his wing for a summer and got me into professional brewing. Had you been drinking craft beer up to that point? Like, were you always I a craft had, yeah. beer? Okay. Yeah, back in high school, we were drinking Pat Tire, back when it was still in the 20s. Yep, years, yep, you yep. Know, um, versus the Budweiser and whatever uh-huh. everybody else older than me was drinking. Yeah. So that was right when craft was, you know, I think at that point it was even just called microbrew. Where were you, where are you from? Uh, Colorado. Born, born this raised, area? Born this area. in Colorado. I was born in Colorado Springs, moved here when I was a year and a half. What high school did you go to? Went to Heritage. You went to Heritage. Oh, yeah, shit. You're like, this is your, this yeah, is this, your. This is, this is my, this is my stomping ground. So, did you grow up, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we talked about you being of age, but prior to that, <laughs> had craft beer been this thing that was a part of your life? Not until high school. Okay. That's when it really started to come around and start being more prominent. Okay. Um, like I said, with, with places like New Belgium, Odell's, yeah. those were the big ones that influenced my drinking back then. Mm-hmm. But even back then, I didn't like, I didn't like beer until I was probably 21. Okay, okay. I just, I would rather do tequila or yeah. cider. Yeah, totally, I totally understand. <laughs> what was the beer that changed it then? For you now that you are a head brewer, obviously you have a tongue for this. A palate. Easy, easy Street Wheat. And ah. um, it was called White Buffalo. It came out of uh, Crested Butte Brewing. Okay. And this is, we're talking 20 some odd years ago. Okay. And that's, that's where I started to really appreciate that it didn't have to taste like beer. Okay. It, so, so how do you go, I mean, interestingly, I mean, you're, you're kind of one of the first people, 90 interviews in, that is been a lager guy or a light beer guy from day one what was it about that easy street wheat that separated itself from a Coors Coors Light the stuff that everybody else that you went to high school with was drinking just it had a different flavor to it yeah different mouthfeel just it was just all around a different beer that showed me beer doesn't have to taste like one thing yeah you know and I contend that everybody tells me that they don't like beer there's a beer out there for them and for me it was those two the the white buffalo and easy street wheat okay that makes total sense all right so you're drinking that and then yeah, drinking that go start the rock yard and i start drinking their beers i start with the uh what used to be their amber the red hawk red okay um worked up to their ipa and like i said got a got a job as as the assistant uh with in the brewery okay and then after six months i had to go back to waiting tables okay so then I started home brewing. So okay. I did it backwards. Everybody else started. Yeah, no brewing. shit. Like that's the that's crazy. Yeah, I did. I did professional first. Um, so my first two batches of homebrew were extract, and okay. then I, I said, "Screw this! I'm going to go do all grain." And because that's what I knew, that's uh-huh. what I was taught. Okay. And I did that for six years, and I tried in vain to get in, back into this industry. I uh-huh. interviewed everywhere that I could. Flying Dog back when they were still mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. Um, wind coop a couple of times. Uh, I think I even hit up dry dock a couple of times. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to get um, an interview with CB and Potts. Okay. Okay. 
what made you think that you could do this professionally? Aside from being an assistant brewer, right? But obviously you got kind of got knocked down a few pegs by having to go back and make mm-hmm. it in your closet. Was there a particular beer that made you realize I can do this at home? I can repeat this. It tastes just as good. Or did you always know you were going to try to do that again? I always knew I was going to try it again. Okay. Uh, okay. There, there is something about the field, the community. Yeah. Um, was ingrained in me early on as a as a craft brewer that you know if I need something I can call up you know somebody else yeah. locally you know back then it was Dry Creek Ranch you know yeah. say hey do you have yeast or do you have grain yeah and just the community was so great that you you did know everybody keep talking I'm listening I'm gonna restart this no you're fine oh no I no I get that. All too well. That's why I had to silence my phone. <laughs> no, it's a it's a very unique community in that sense, oh. right? Where everybody yeah. is. Um, Plus, you know, just doing what, what we, you know, what we do, it's, you know, back then it was unheard of to want to be a, a professional brewer, you know, and this is the mid-2000s, early 2000s, when we were, I think, less than 1% of yeah. the total beer community. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, um, just the process, and it made sense to me. As a father of three myself... It's a hard sell sometimes for me to leave on a Monday afternoon to do this interview, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. How did you talk your wife into it? To go from, you know, uh, you know you're going to college and, 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 you know, having this background in a certain thing and then, you know, you're, you're trying to make a profession out of this. Was she always on board or was this a hard sell? Actually, she was on board because when we first started dating, I was her manager. Okay. Um, I was managing the rock yard. I was brewing and managing at the same time. Okay. And so that kind of came with the territory when we first started dating. Yeah. And she knew that I wasn't happy as a server, uh, and I always wanted to get back into the brewing side. Okay. And so she just stuck with me because of that. Okay. Okay. Makes total so, sense. Yeah. It, it wasn't a hard sell, and now she's actually in the industry herself. What's she doing now? She is the uh, taproom manager at Coalmine Avenue Brewing. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. you guys are a, you're a craft beer family. We are. And actually, they stole her from here. Okay. And she got her job because our anniversary is the anniversary of Dead Hippie. So our wedding ah. anniversary is... So I knew Dean from before, and uh, he was having a soft opening. Okay on Thursday, October 22nd. Yeah. And so I said, hey, do you mind if we go in there before we go out to eat? And they were looking for help. Yeah. So I introduced, she was looking to get back into a, a part-time, because she's a vet tech as well, and she okay. was looking to get into a, a part-time gig okay. doing beer, and, and it just kind of worked out. Bada so, bing. Yeah. <laughs> Along those same lines then, we are in a very unique part of Denver when it comes to craft beer. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this, but I feel like those breweries who are down in this area, there's certainly a camaraderie 
that is that is experienced by those like at coal mine and the folks down there um, or or you know even some of the folks in Littleton you know that if you look at Locavore and stuff like that right. is that is that a beer drinker's perspective or as a brewer and right somebody who has stake in a place like this is that your perspective as well is that your experience where it's a you know we're not we're not the Highlands we're we're not you know Rhino this is a different part of town exactly. You know, it it is. I think it's very, um, it, it's very much that same community. You know, the, the way that you feel, the way that you see it, as a beer drinker, is the way that I see it as a producer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, along those same lines. You know, I can go in um, to Locavore mm-hmm. and just sit down and, and chat with anybody there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it doesn't even have to be about beer. And I can hit up a lot of these different places. Or if I do need something, uh, I've got a Pilsner going right now that I got the yeast from Locavore. Okay. We're um, brewing a Trapel tomorrow that we needed one more bag of grain. So yeah. we got it from, uh, I don't know where he got it from, but you know somebody but, else around here. Yeah. And, and so, like I said, so yeah, you know, what you see as a patron is how I firmly believe it really is being in the industry. I feel like people from, you know... We're fortunate enough to have listeners kind of across the country and a little bit across the world. When they think of Denver or Colorado, they think of one particular kind of brewery. But I think what's so cool about where we are is even Denver has its own unique difference. It's, there's, a, there's a uniqueness. There's a difference to the entire city. And, and you know, I'm a suburbite, a suburban, suburban. suburban. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Jay and I drink down here and we go to places like Dead Hippie. We go to places like Locavore. And it's just a different experience than going to like our mutual friend or going to even like, you know, our good friends at Blackshirt. It's just a different experience. And so have you always wanted to stay in this kind of place or was it kind of where the job took you? You know, initially it was kind of where the job took me. Okay. And okay. At, at the time when I got back into this, I probably would have gone wherever I needed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're established, you know, I got the three three little guys. Um, we just bought the house. You know, this this is kind of where we want to be now. Yeah. And excuse me. No, you're good, buddy. You know, where between you know Colorado Springs and Denver is still ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not the best drive right now to go to Colorado Springs. Yeah. But there's a lot of great places there. There's a lot of great places in Denver. So if I were to need something, you know, it, for whatever reason, not in this southern Denver area, mm-hmm. I would, you know, I, I have a lot more options that than say Ohio or you know, where, you know. I sorry. No, 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 no. I was thinking of the next question. You didn't offend me. I'm from Iowa. That's the other. You oh. know, they they confuse us. <laughs> It's different. Uh, Ohio is, is a much, much seedier part of the country. But, um, no, no, I get you. I, tot- I totally 100% understand. Um, There's a different mentality to being outside yeah, of Denver Metro, though. And I don't know if it's a – I don't want to say it's a smarter mentality, but it's a different – you have to – I guess I'm going to start talking, and then I'm going to ask you a question at some point. But you have to have a Irish stout on, or you have to have an IPA on down here, or you have to have a, uh, a Pilsner on. You don't have to do that sometimes at our mutual friend, right? Or, or uh, you know, some of the folks down there. But here, you're, you're attracting a different kind of clientele than you are downtown. Am I wrong? Oh, very much so. Um, I don't know if I'd say smarter. I don't... No, I wouldn't say smarter, but... but... <laughs> well, no, uh, I, I, I think... I was thinking 
more mature. I don't even think it'd be that. I think what you have is in those areas, it's just the density of the population yeah. plus the demographics yeah. that if you open up in an area um, like Rhino, you know that you're going to get everybody going. Well, I guess Rhino's probably not, or the Highlands even isn't really a good example because you're just going to get everybody there on the weekends, anyways. You know, but if, if you're looking at someplace, um, you know, off of Colfax mm-hmm. or whatever, you know that you've got that crowd that's going to be able to go in there every night and it's going to be, you know, the same people and you, you're catering to those people. Yeah. Here, we're very much more suburban. Yeah. And so you've got families you've got to mix with. It's not, you know, singles or young couples that are going out. It's, it's families. And it's, I think, a lot... I don't know a lot, but older um, demographic here versus Denver. And so you do have to kind of cater to those people who have moved in from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've got to have the beer that's kind of like a fat tire. Yeah. You know, you've got to have a beer that's kind of like a Coors Light. Yeah. You, know, you have to have certain styles. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, you know, I personally think we need to have a wheat beer, mm-hmm. an, at least one IPA, an amber, a blonde and something dark. It makes total sense. I mean, we, we went to Lone Tree last week and, and you know, met up with Jerry Sayote mm-hmm. who did the interview. But that approach to me, and you don't have to answer this one way or the other, it makes so much more sense if you think about the longevity of a brewery. Mm-hmm. If the, I mean, you can have a shitload of sours and that's all you can do and that's great, but there's a reason why Crooked Stave is also a distributor now. You know, like they're, exactly. <laughs> they're, exactly. they're, they're not just a brewery. Um, and, and, and it feels like because of, of, you know, the suburbs, a place like this is going to be fine in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. You know, be able to weather the storm when it comes to the COVID-19 shutdowns and all that. It's downtown. It's, it's in Rhino where all these places are, are, are shutting or, you know, you know, preparing to shut down. It looks like the, the end is nigh for too many. But, yeah. you know... It's it's a little bit ironic, I guess. When I think, I guess what I'm trying to say here, Ty, is is that the business model of a Goose Island is the business model that's going to win out. I think in a lot of ways, which is when you go to Goose Island, right, which is in Chicago, but it's actually just on the outskirts of Chicago. You get every kind of beer that you want there. And, you yeah. know, if you that's that was the business model from day one. Is, is and like a CB and Pots, I would assume too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We we had have at Pots, we had to have our core on, and whatever else we could have fun with, and that's kind of what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, yeah. We we've got something for everybody. Uh, we even actually have a sour coming up. What impact did that experience have on what you're doing here then? A lot. Uh, which experience? CB and Pots. Uh, quite a bit. Okay. In what ways? Um, in damn near every way. Okay. Give me, can you give well, me some examples? No, because now I want to hear. Because now I want to hear. You're the first one uh, from the you know that we I think we've had. Actually, we had somebody from uh, 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 what's the other one? What's the other rock and rock bottom? Rock bottom. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, when I first started at at Potts, I was the regional assistant. Okay. And so you're like Dwight Schrute, you're assistant to the yes. <laughs> okay. I just, yeah. Not the assistant manager, the assistant to the regional manager. I was the assistant to the other brewers okay. or the assistant to the regional. Yeah. Okay. So I was, I was the lowest on the totem pole. Okay. But I was still cool because I was a brewer. Okay. Yeah. yeah obviously. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that guy knows, knows how to make beer. Yeah. We can't do that. Um, but no, they, they took me under 
and basically retaught me. Um, if you got to take that, go for it. No, You're it's, fine. It's my ring. Okay. Apparently, the two hours up. Gotcha. Understood. Understood. Um, but they took me under, and they took what I had learned previously at Rockyard, and just built me up in 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 that in their way, the way that they wanted mm-hmm. me to to brew, which really benefited me because okay. the lineage of brewers that came out of CB Pots and even Rock Bottom, because mm-hmm. um, you know, twenty years ago, that's there wasn't a lot of small yeah. individ, uh, independently owned places. Um, so you see all these, a lot of these brewers out there making the names for themselves. Those are the people that you know were teaching me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I, I, I was able to pick up a lot of what they had done. And then when Dean had asked me to join him, I took what I had learned and slowly yeah. came in and just started you know change a procedure here, you know procedure there, and you know. It, just putting my own flair into it. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal coming into this was I did not want to step on anybody's toes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to um, destroy any, any quality uh, or any of the recipes that that all the guests that have been coming here for the last five years yeah. have enjoyed. And so th- you know that that was my goal. I didn't want to destroy anything that had already been built. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to exert myself on anybody unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But I'm guessing that there, there's a certain level of consistency. or there's a, I don't know if it's consistency, but there's a business approach that you probably get from a, a CB and POTS, right? That You do. That um, is, is not always found, not to say that Dead Hippie is that case, but it's not always found in a tiny, tiny nano brewery, right? Like, I mean, it's a different, you're learning something that is actually very valuable in ways that we probably take for granted. Very much so. It, you know, I, I learned a lot of my computer skills actually came from, from okay. POTS. So okay. I learned how to do that, but also, um, like I said, the business side of things, uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a big one because we did have at one point nine different locations uh, that we would have to coordinate between the five breweries okay. and the four satellite stores. Uh, so there was a lot of that going on. Okay. Um, a lot of we weren't allowed to run out of beers, you know. So certain certain house beers we had to have on at all times. Okay. And so that taught a really good amount of, of timing. No, you know. So that was very beneficial. Um, okay. You know, the business side of things, as far as monetarily speaking, even, you know, we kept track of the cost per kegs. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know how many small breweries do that starting out, you know, but that, that was something that was taught to me. Uh, inventory every week, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that's, that's my Mondays here now is organize the seller and, you know, inventory everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and tracking was is another huge one um, i think that go, plays along with a little bit of the cost but more of the distribution side of how many weeks do i have left of this beer before i run out before i need to brew another one or, okay. or what have you mm-hmm. uh, you know and that's been for me the most challenging part of coming here is that timing making mm-hmm. sure that the fermenters are full okay but at the same time i've got it timed where i can put in another shawnee Mm-hmm. Or um, I'll have you know 
beers, you know, running out just as I'm kicking off the new ones. You know, I, I, I have a just-in-time mentality of one week. Yeah. I want to have one week's worth of beer before, you know, when I tap the new one or when I bring the new one out. So why the Grateful Dead thing? Dean's not here, but, I mean, you can, you've got a tattoo, so obviously... Yeah, come on in. Come on in here. And I got a hot mic, Cassidy. Seriously, sit down. I am obviously a deadhead. Let's let's get there because we have plenty of listeners who are wondering. And so there's a Jeffrey Lebowski there. The inside of my wedding ring, I've said this on the show before, is engraved with uh, my wife says, fuck it, dude. And mine says, let's go bowling. So, yeah. That's uh, we met we met in Spanish class in junior uh, sophomore year at Iowa because I brought that for show and tell, and that's why we have three kids. We've married almost ten years. Yeah, so I appreciate this. So, Cassidy, can you introduce yourself, please? My name is Cassidy Campton. I'm a beer tender here. Okay, and how long have you been here? Uh, three and a half years now. So oh I shit! Missed, like the first fun year. Yeah. And then I got here right at the end of that. Okay. <laughs> so, how did you uh, jump on board? Like, and why? Uh, I was just looking for another job. I've been working in restaurants for over a decade, and just was kind of looking for a change of pace, and found Dead Hippies add-on Indeed. And okay. It was like as simple as that. And then the- Cheryl gave me a hug, and I was like, Oh my God! Please hire me. Okay. <laughs> Were you in beer, like, prior to that, or no? You're uh, kind of running the show. grandfather actually used to own a liquor store in downtown Littleton. Okay. Uh, in, like, late 70s, early 80s. So nice. beer has been a huge part of that. Holy shit, that's cool. For a very long time. So, so we're all from the same area. That's, I mean, I'm from Iowa. I've been, here, I've been here long enough to say that I was here before, you know, the whole expansion. You know, the I whole. Grew up in Littleton, okay, so. so shit, you guys are, you got me beat, for sure. All right, explain the Grateful Dead thing. Explain the dead hippie thing. So, The Grateful Dead part of it comes from Dean and Cheryl are just huge deadheads. Okay. They've okay. Been follow- they go to Dead and Company every year. Uh-huh. They've been following the dead since, well, definitely before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so you got to respect that. Yeah. Um, but so that, that's the biggest part of it. My understanding is that, and this may be a rumor that I've heard from other people, is that Dead Hippie was originally a salsa before it was a brewing company. Interesting. Okay. And that Dean and Cheryl would make their own salsas. And that's how? And again, I might be wrong and somebody might just be messing with me, but this is what I've heard. And they had dead hippie salsas at farmer's markets. And then they were like, oh, we've been home brewing for long enough. Let's try to We should do it. So is it usually like, what's the music vibe here usually? Because it's it's definitely going to be that chill, uh, grateful dead vibe for sure. Uh, A lot of Tom Petty Kind of some indie stuff now. It's very jammy. Very it's a jammy. Jam it's band. a jammy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! I just feel so at home for sure. <laughs> was was your hiring here at all connected to your tattoo of the Grateful Dead? In a roundabout way, I would. In a roundabout way, I'd probably say so. Okay. Um. I met. Dean through a mutual friend of ours who okay. would play racquetball by my pots and him and his buddy would come in okay. um, and they would play or they'd come in and drink afterwards Yeah. and he says hey I got a buddy opening a brewery 
you know, it's it's, it's going to be a dead based brewery. What do you you know you want to meet him? I said, yeah, come on, you know, come come on back. So met him and Dean Shell, um, and it was that. Oh, you like the dead? I like the dead too. You know, it was yeah. just that common ground that we had, and that it was beer and good music. I know it's so hard to find anymore. It's really there, there, there's a few of us. You know, there's you got NBF and Fort Collins. You got Zoo and I. You know. That is true, Willie Willie. Oh, he just had a baby. Cheers to Willie. He's, he's now a oh, fucking nice. grown-up, yes. But uh, back to Cassidy then, <laughs> okay? Real quickly, how are you, knowing that you're kind of running the communications center of all of this? Oh, I wouldn't wh- say that. <laughs> you're the one, you know, I, that, I, that we dealt with. How are you doing, I guess, in terms of, you know, drawing people in here amidst kind of COVID and all of that? What are you doing to kind of stay on top of things? You know, we had a very heavy social media uh, kind of following from when I started doing it and I've only been doing the social media stuff for about a year okay um, and from there it was just trying to kind of learn the demographics see who was actually paying attention and now with COVID it's a lot easier because everybody's staring at their face yeah. when they don't have time it's to true. do anything else yes. that's what they're doing yeah so uh, I would say now it's a lot easier to kind of pull people in okay but I would say you know like the tie-dye shirt you're wearing right now if you make it bright and colorful people are going to stare at yeah. it so just been trying to kind of bring people in on the excitement of the newer beers that Ty has been releasing yeah the tie fighter was a really big one <laughs> nice uh, that got a lot of feedback on social media so yeah. that was really exciting that a boy um, that's good that's good you know, and just trying to find ways to still bring people in aside from not having live music which was a big part of it uh, but now we still have people that will do open mic nights via Zoom that okay. we've been live streaming, um, and especially the beer releases. That's been helping. <laughs> Trying to, uh, you know, doing the six packs that we have now. Yeah. And, and all that. Are you getting a lot of folks out here? You know, the patio. If you haven't been here, you you will have a lot of space. So that has to be nice. A little mm-hmm. different, probably than than Denver downtown mm-hmm. per se. Are you seeing people coming in and sitting down in the chairs and all of that? It's okay. Okay. It, it's okay. either everybody's inside or everybody's outside. There's a kind of weird middle ground in between. Okay. But it's if it's a nice day, the patio's full. If it's a too hot day, the inside's full. So, what What do you do for food trucks? Are you able to kind of figure out the ones who are consistent? And, and we don't typically do food trucks unless it's like for our bigger events that we've had in okay. the past. Okay. Um, but we do have a lot. Uh, we have two businesses that are local businesses that provide us with pretzels and pizzas, okay. which are your you know typical pub yeah. snacks anyway. But they're made from scratch, so okay. you know we're supporting local businesses our own way in that. Um, but yeah, food trucks has uh, been a little bit hard on our side just because we're in Sheridan, so yeah, it can be a little bit of miss. That happens. That happens. Who is the, I guess if you could kind of pin down a, a demographic or two, who are the folks that come into Dead Hippie? Is it more kind of suburbanites? Is it is it more folks that just happen to be commuting back and forth to work? What is it? I would say a lot of it is uh, the hazy, by, please. You know, yes, heading, thank you. Heading south on Santa Fe, and they just kind of see our thank sign you. over there, and they're like, oh, cool, there's a brewery over here. Okay. Um, a lot of it is word of mouth. Yeah. Because we get so so many people out of state driving down this, uh, driving towards here to get to I-25 or wherever Yeah. Go. So a lot of it, we have people, oh, I'm from New York and I told my family or my family told us about you and we had to stop by on our vacation. Oh, shit. Things like that. So it's a lot of word of mouth. 
for okay. sure. I've seen an ID from every state. That's pretty awesome. That's <laughs> pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> what have you had to do in terms of employee layoffs and furloughs? You know the difficult question. What have you had to do over the last yeah, six months? Surprisingly, I, uh, we, well, and I don't like to, I'm not trying to speak for my other coworkers, but I don't think I was ever personally worried about that. Okay. And I don't think any of us were either because we're such a small operation as it is. Yeah. Um, that we're actually worried that we were going to actually have to hire somebody on okay. at the beginning of the uh, shutdown. Yeah. Because we weren't sure if everybody was going to be able to be available for as an extreme change yeah. <laughs> in yeah. routine. But we've made it work, and you know we have a new routine now. And if we need to adjust, we'll adjust. So that personally is something I was never worried about. Dean and Cheryl have always taken care of their employees and their business. Okay. So yeah. No, no, that's a good. That's that's it's nice to hear. No, no, no. I think it's just I was it's. Never worried. It's different where we are down here, uh, you know, again, in the suburbs than it is in a lot of places downtown. And, and I think that's that's so awesome. It's so good to hear. So what kind of promotions? Uh, obviously, you're, you're canning beer. There's some cans back there. Okay. What's going on that people should know about? Um, I would say right now, I mean, we're, we're trying to get at least one new beer every couple of weeks that we can rotate into the taps. Okay. Um, maybe not new, but something that may have been missed. Yeah. Um, and Ty will be able to tell you more about what's, you know, kind of what to look out for when it comes to the beer side of things. Uh, we're, you know, we're trying to figure out a way to work in some live music in the future again. Yeah. Uh, it's been a hard summer without Oh, that, I'm sure. So, my gosh. But we've had a lot of people asking how we can help with that. And um, I guess the biggest thing to look out for right now is. Thank you, know, sir. Ty, do we have anything special coming up beer wise? That, that what should we be on the lookout for? We're hopefully going to be getting new merchandise soon. <laughs> I, have to, I have to figure that out. Mm, that's, <laughs> the, that's delicious. That's, that's, that's yummy. Good, huh? Wow. But, uh, mm. I, keep, I, I just want to mix orange juice with it. I know. It is. You too. That's that's amazing. Wow. Beer Michelada. I like good Michelada. Um, no, as far as beers are concerned coming up, we've got... Um, the beer that I was kicking off when you came in was mm-hmm. our Citra IPA, okay. which um, I think people have been asking for, but I think Dean has been asking for more. The psychedelic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a good is name. That what do you call it? I think if, if it's the Citra IPA I'm thinking okay. of that we've had yeah, in the past, is, it's yeah. called the Psychedelic Citra. That's good. So, That's good. It makes total sense. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, so we tap, uh, we're going to tap that tomorrow. Okay. I, I believe so. No, we're going to tap that as soon. Yeah. So that'll be... It's coming today. soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, we've got a Hefeweizen coming up uh, okay. sometime later this week. So that I'm, I'm excited for that one. I don't particularly care for him, but I make a pretty damn good one. Uh, <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I mean, you got to res- respect a good Hefeweizen, even though... Yeah. Hefeweizen I've ever liked. Really? <laughs> They're fun to make. They're just challenging. It's, it's almost as hard, if not harder, than a lager sometimes. I Why think. is that? It's the yeast. Okay. It's just so temperamental. Yeah, yeah. So everything else can be dead on, accurate. You know, everything is exactly the same all the way across. And then you throw the yeast in there, and yeah. sometimes, you know, it could be more banana. It could be more Laffy Taffy. It could be more clove. Who knows? Where do you get your yeast? Uh, White Labs and uh, Brewing Science. Okay, okay. 
didn't know I propagate is we keep hearing that name and Matt Peets, but he was a white labs guy before. Okay. And now he's got his own out there yeah. in, in Lakewood. So, um, I, I did not use them. I'm not familiar with them. <laughs> uh, but we also that wasn't a sell. Oh no, so <laughs> Matt Peets is a bastard. Okay. Down there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair yeah. Um, but no, outside of that, we've got um, our Great American Beer Fest beers coming up. Okay. Uh, one of them is going to be a Wiesen. Ooh. It's a German style Oktoberfest. Okay. Okay. So that's that's one of my favorite beers. I make it every year for Oktoberfest, and it's not your standard Sam Adams, Mirza. It's, yeah. it's not sweet yeah. and sticky. It's it's. It, it's good. Okay. Uh, I'm not saying that that, that Boston beer. Hey, I, I don't think good, that Boston beer is going to sue us anytime <laughs> soon. We should be okay. I don't have enough money to be sued, so that's yeah, we're okay. You can add the bleeps in afterwards, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will be a part of their yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. 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 Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Whenever that comes, I mean, I guess we're doing it, and the, the dates are set. But yeah. whatever that looks like. I can't remember what they are, but. Um, yeah, so you know we got those coming out. We've got a uh, a Berliner coming out probably next week. A Berliner Weiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I guess air quotes doesn't really do anything. And, no, no. Well, I mean, in the radio, I guess. There we go. Uh, air quotes. Yeah, we're gonna do a, a, a quote unquote Goza. Ooh. Okay. With one of those kegs, so that that'll be kind of fun. Where do you get the barrels from? Russian so barrel. Is where okay. we've gotten these from. Okay. What are you most excited about? You don't have to name a name, but there's got to be a, a barrel that you're like, oh, shit, here it comes. That thing is soaking wet. I cannot wait to put some beer in it. We've got our Debbie Harry in a Pinot Noir. Ooh. Our Debbie Harry Blonde in a Pinot Noir. Barrel. You're excited. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, one, that one's going to be fun. Okay. When does that come out? It'll uh, be a while. As soon as we it'll, – it'll probably be after we bottle for our Great American Beer Fest. I don't like it. After JBF, it just seems to be I feel like the last five months have been seven years, so I have no God, idea of time. I've got no, uh, <laughs> no yeah, sense. What, what year is it? Mark? It's still 2020, believe it or not. Like, that's fucking crazy. This should be 20, like, 78. Yeah. <laughs> like, the last I checked. Oh, my God. I feel old. I'm getting gray. Yes. Yes. It's, it's terrible. Okay. So, do you want to pitch more beers? Not pitch. Like, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, a, a yeast no, you, joke. You, yeah, you pitched the yeast. No. Uh, yeah. No, I, I do have a Pilsner coming out next week as well. Oh, you um, sell the Pilsner. Oh, you like the pills. I love my pills. I, I don't make the... I make a good one. It's not the best. Well, I mean, it takes um, a lot to make a good Pilsner. But I, I've learned from two of the best, at least in, in my opinion. Yes. Um, two of the best Pilsner makers, at least in Colorado, if not the U.S. Uh, so, I, you know, um, I think mine's pretty good, but it's not there yet. So come down to Dead Hippie, drink a Pilsner. Right. Cassidy, I'm going to throw it back over to you. Where do we follow you on social media? We just uh, we search Dead we Hippie. We have pages on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter. What about TikTok? Are you guys doing a lot of t- TikTok videos? Yeah, I've been about it. <laughs> Facebook's trying to cancel TikTok. I read that today in the Wall Street Journal. They're going to make their own. It's called uh, Stream or something, which it happened to Instagram. So. Fine. so I'm not surprised the TikTok's you know, getting out of here. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so Dead Hippie Brewing, wherever you get your, your, your social medias, wherever you get your beer, you two, anything else I need to plug? You know, I do. Uh, I plug. Gotta, plug away. i got to throw this out there because I absolutely love this beer. Okay. And what are we drinking? 
What are you drinking, honey? Because you're counting. I'm, I'm drinking one you're more. Watching. It's just one more. <laughs> just one more. Yeah. So we, we attempted to make an NA beer. Okay. We didn't make an NA beer, okay. but we made it low alcohol. Okay. And uh, it's 1.39% alcohol. Yeah. And it's... it's What's a in a kombucha? Like, give me an idea. What's what's in, like less than that in a kombucha? I don't even know what's a kombucha. Kombucha, they say fermented tea, but it, there it, it's literally less than a thousandth of a percent. Okay, of okay. Because so. I give that to my kids, they go to sleep. But okay, sell <laughs> no, this no, thing. Yeah, no. Okay, so no. <laughs> I've, I've thought about that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like, oh yeah, what do I? Uh, no, no, it's just it's an it's non alcoholic beer. It helps them sleep. Okay, so you tried to make a non alcoholic beer. And instead, you got this thing that's going to get my kids loaded. What's in there? <laughs> so this is basically, it's our, uh, our cream ale okay. base okay. that we researched for about six weeks to try and figure out how to do it. Okay. And like I said, we, it, we didn't catch it in time for the N.A. portion of it. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a, the way that I've been describing it, it's a beer-flavored seltzer. It, it's crisp, it's effervescent, it is easy to drink, and it's that perfect beer that when they do last call, they say, let's do one more. Do one more. And it's it's one of those, exactly. Uh, I think we figured it takes, I don't even remember, quite a, quite a few of these to, to get, equate you, you, to a full beer. You guys practiced, you're like, how how many of these to get fucked up? Yeah, like. Oh my God. No, you got to tell them. You know, you got to come in and buy a, a twenty-four pack to really yeah. <laughs> screw it up, <laughs> right? Now I'll tell you, this is this is what I've been drinking after work. You yeah, know, I'll, I'll have an IPA and then I'll have one more, just because it's it's crisp, it's refreshing, it's clean, it's it's an easy drinking beer flavored yeah. to water. <laughs> I'm gonna have to taste that after this. I'll get you a taste of it. Yeah. And for that reason, we're gonna cancel it or we're gonna close it up. <laughs> You too. Thank you so much, you. Uh, Cassidy. Thank you for setting this up. Uh, unfortunately, Jay Schrader is not here because he's a banker and his real job, you know, called upon him. I'm a college professor and I can do whatever the fuck I want, um, including using the speech communications equipment. I, I noticed that you, <laughs> you did. Yes. Uh, so thank you, Dan Lair, chair of the department, and <laughs> my buddy. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you too. I appreciate it. Uh, come to the Hippie. It's a fantastic place. And when you go to Costco or where the hell else you go? I mean, it's Target. Yeah, <laughs> drink more in the suburbs. I'm a big. I don't know if we mentioned that we actually are distributing at some liquor stores. Oh, oh shit! Oh, where where can we find it? Um, there's thank you. Quite a few. I think six or seven at this point. Um, okay. Liquor warehouse, uh, very close to our establishment. Uh, liquor barn, King Solomon, Lucas Liquors. Yes, yes, yes. Littles. And just recently, we actually started selling at Tipsy's, which I know oh, is shit. very popular in this and area. What beers are out there then? What? And, uh, and so Davidson's as well. Oh, and Davidson's. Okay. Yeah, that's a new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So four packs, six packs, what are you selling? It'll be a 12 ounce six packs. Uh, we okay. have three beers out there right now um, the Lechuga del Diablo Hazy IPA. Which nice. is what you're that's what I'm drinking. It's delicious. Um, our Gum Barrel Golden Strong. Uh, it's a, a golden, a Belgian Golden Strong. It's at about 8.5%. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. Uh, Brewmaster's favorite. Sounds like a problem. But, yeah. <laughs> well, and then, favorite. uh... <laughs> 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 and then, the, uh, oh, my personal favorite, the I Know You Writer, Rye Paleo. I liked that name, and I knew I was at home when I saw that. You're going to miss it when it's gone, so... 
Cheers to you two. Thank you so much for having me in. Jay Schrader, you fucked up and you're not here, but you two are here. So thank you so much. And uh, come to Dead Hippie and uh, enjoy yourself. Listen to some good tunes. And, you know, if you wanted to come here and eat a mushroom or two. Not here, but prior to, to getting here, I, I think you'd be okay. Just don't tell us. Yeah, don't tell you. Thank you, too. <laughs> Come to tea.